0: Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church you connect with, you belong here. Big things are happening at Collective this fall, and we'd love for you to be a part of them. Join us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 5103 Pegasus Court for church that doesn't feel like your typical church. We hope to see you there. Now let's get into Sunday's message. Five years ago yesterday, we met for the first time in West Frederick Middle School. Uh, I know if you look at the picture, it feels a little bit more than five years ago. It looks like it's the 80s. It wasn't. It was five years ago. Uh, And we didn't know that Sunday if 50 people would show up or 250 people would show up. But we were ready to start something new in Frederick. Something that we felt God was telling us Frederick desperately needed a church for the rest of us a church for people who had walked away from the church a church for people who had never gone to church or a church for people who just couldn't find a place where they could matter where they could belong and god blew us away that day five years ago when 271 people showed up what's even cooler is later on in the afternoon we celebrated our first baptism in lake lingonore so before we had the trough the school wouldn't let us do it inside um, it's hard to tell, but this is Janine. Janine currently serves in Collective Kids and with the Youth Collective, and she was the first baptism ever to be celebrated at this church. How cool is that, right? I told Janine, uh, I, well, I didn't tell Janine that I was putting her picture up on the screen, but then I saw her between services, like, hey, you're going to get a lot of attention today. Sorry, not sorry. She does not want attention. But we look at this picture, and we just think how incredible it is that someone we met before Collective ever started we got to celebrate them opening day. And here they are serving our students and our, and our kids and leading them closer to Jesus. And so here we are five years later, and God has done immeasurably more than what we ever could have asked for or imagined. And I said this a few weeks ago, but year five in church planting is a huge deal. In a lot of ways, year five is the make or break point for new churches. And if they can reach this milestone, big things happen. And while we are ready for God to do even more in this church, today we celebrate what he has done in our lives, in collective, and in our community. Now, I know that most of you are here to celebrate, but some of you are here because you just wanna take me out in the dunk tank this afternoon. I haven't seen you in like months. Where have you been, right? Uh, I joked for services. service, I was like, I'm expecting like my high school girlfriend to show up, and be like, I saw it on Instagram and I hate you. But hey, if you're here just for the dunk tank, I respect that. That's okay. And so to get this out of the way, about 30 minutes after this service, I'll be getting into the tank. So get your food. Um, Don't do that. (sighs) Listen. (laughs) All right, that one person. He has a list. I hate these people. Michael's at the top. He's like crossing this off today. Uh, So get your food. We have a cool chalkboard out there where we want you to share what you love about Collective. You can go get your face painted. Uh, You can take a few warm-up throws. Max, one of our drummers, he's gonna be in there right after service today. And then you can give it your best shot. Uh, I found out last week that this church is full of Ravens fans. And if you throw anything like Lamar, I'm good. I'm gonna stay dry. (laughs) Listen, I'm not done. I'm not done. This is gonna be all day. Every Ravens fan was like, did you see the deep ball he threw last week? You're playing the Jets, guys, come on. Come on, if that target was as wide as the field that the Jets weren't covering, you would hit it too. I, I can go all day, I'm not, uh, you know, you're know, you gonna lose today. Um, so today, let's talk about, let's talk about <laughs> the good stuff. So today we're kicking off a new series called Your Story Matters. And I just wanna talk about this series for a second. This has been a series that I've been working on with our creative team for years. Uh, In fact, our plan uh, was for this to be the first series when we moved into our new space uh, pre-COVID, right? And then COVID came and just kind of wrecked everything. And so we moved it to this fall. uh, And I'm just so excited about it because one thing that I've learned while leading Collective is that there are incredible stories of God moving in the lives of people in this church. And these stories need to be told. These are stories of redemption, stories of restoration, stories of incredible faith, stories of impact, stories of failure, followed by healing and grace. These stories are messy, they are real, and they are beautiful all at the same time. And whether you know it or not, you have a story to tell and your story can change the world. But that only happens when you let Jesus get a hold of it. And so here's the application for today. I'm just gonna give it to you right up front. Write this down, take a picture of it, snapshot in your brain. You need to make it a priority to be here every Sunday during this series. Seriously, this is your whole takeaway for this week. You have six more days to figure out how to cancel everything you have on the Sundays coming up so you can be here. You need to make it a priority to be here because I believe that God wants to do something big in your life and it starts with your story. And that's what we're gonna dig into over the next five Sundays. In this series, we'll hear stories um, that people in this church shared. There's gonna be a chance for you to share your own story and work through that. And there are gonna be a ton of other great things and surprises, so make sure to be here. I promise you that you won't regret it. And if you are not a follower of Jesus or you are somebody who would say you are struggling in your faith, I especially wanna challenge you to be here because one of the things that we're gonna talk about is how God can redeem your story through the ups and downs, and God can redeem that, and that changes everything. It'll change how you see yourself. It'll change how you approach your relationships. It'll change your mental health. It will change your life. But only Jesus can truly do that, and I think you will see and feel that over the next five Sundays. To kick it all off today, we're going to read a story from the book of Joshua, and here's some of the context for what we're about to read. Moses was leading the Israelites, and he led them out of slavery, and for 40 years, they wandered in the desert in an attempt to enter the promised land. This is the land that God set aside for them, where they could live freely and prosperously. But before entering this promised land, their leader, Moses, dies. And so they have to have a new leader, and the new leader is Joshua. Joshua becomes the new leader of the Israelite people. And in the book of Joshua, they are just about to enter this land when they are stopped by the Jordan River. Today, the Jordan separates Israel from Jordan and runs from the Sea of Galilee all the way down to the Dead Sea. And at the time of this story, it would have been approximately 100 feet wide and 10 feet deep. not something that they could have easily walked through. And so when they hit this river, what they do is they set up camp and they wait for God's instructions. And this is what God says, starting in Joshua 3, verse 8, says this, give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. And so God tells Joshua, hey, when you are ready, When you're ready to cross this river, when you're ready to get into the promised land, just tell your priest to take a few steps into the river and stop, and that's it. That's all that God says to Joshua in this moment. He doesn't tell him what will happen. He doesn't tell him that everything will be all right. He doesn't even tell him why he wants them to do that. He just says, take a few steps into the river and stop there. And that's what they do. Joshua relays the message to the Israelites and they head to the Jordan River. Skipping ahead a few verses, it says this. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. Hey, by the way, it's flooding. And we know a thing or two about flooding. We're in Frederick. And so this went from kind of a nerve-wracking, kind of a scary moment to a terrifying moment for them. Think about it like this. The Potomac River in Point of Rocks is typically 11 feet deep. Like on a normal season, it's 11 feet deep. But during flood stage, it's 27 feet deep. Right? And so God says this thing to them, and they approach the river, and it's not what they expected. Right, they, they thought this was 11 feet deep, maybe calm waters, but what they walk into is a flood. But God says, step into the river, and they do. It says this. As soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up at a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarathon. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. And so the moment they put their feet into the water, it stops. Right? God performs a miracle. The riverbed is dry. They can safely cross The story continues, and all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant stood on the dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. This is a huge moment for the Israelite people. After being slaves in Egypt, followed by 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, during which they were attacked relentlessly by other nations of people, God leads them to safety in the promised land. God tells them to take a few steps into the water, and then he does the rest. And I think this is really cool because this comes about 40 years after God used Moses to part the Red Sea in order to free the Israelites from the tyranny and oppression of Egypt. Except, if you know that story, when they crossed the Red Sea, they didn't have to step into the water first. God did the miracle while they were still standing on the shore, but this time, This time, God says, put your feet in the water. It's almost as if God was telling the Israelites, You have seen me stop water like this before, so show me that you trust that I will do it again. Take a few steps in and see what happens. And that's what they did. Continuing in Joshua 4 verse 1 it says when all the people had crossed the Jordan the Lord said to Joshua now choose 12 men one from each tribe tell them to take stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan carry them out and pile them up at a place where you will camp tonight So God speaks to Joshua again and says hey those guys that are standing in the middle tell them before they come to the other side grab these big stones carry them out of the middle of the Jordan river and bring them to shore and then he tells them why this way He says in verse 6 God says, we will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. The story goes on and says the Israelites do what God says. They grab these stones, they walk them out of the Jordan River, and they set up a memorial as a reminder of what God had done for them right? It's a memorial that there's a story that needs to be shared. It's a reminder, a reminder of stories that are full of highs and lows, right? The Israelite story that's full of brokenness and pain, a story of them trusting God and seeing his miracles. And God did not want them to forget their story. God didn't want them to forget how far he had brought them, that he had stopped the flood rivers of the Jordan. But even more than that, he had delivered them out of slavery, protected them in the wilderness, brought them into the promised land just like he said he would. And this wasn't easy. This was a very hard 40 years for the Israelites. This wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, but they made it. And to honor that, to honor their story, God says, build a memorial here, a reminder for generations to come of where they had been, of what God had done, and where he was going to take them. This is part of the reason why we celebrate our birthday the way we do at Collective. Early on, we decided that every year we were going to make a very big deal because today serves as a memorial of sorts. Today is a day where we place down these new stones and we look back over the past year and see how far God has brought us. But it's also an opportunity for us to look at the stones we placed in the past and see what does it look like for five years of following and trusting God. Now, the real thing is, it would be really easy today for me to then go on and share all the good things, right? It's our birthday, we wanna feel good about it. But the truth is, collective story is messy. Collective story is not one of just highs. Collective story is not one of just wins. Collective story has peaks and valleys, just like your story, because it is a real story. I don't know if you know this, but Collective almost failed before it ever started. As we were moving toward launch, we made the decision, I made the decision to end the partnership with our (laughs) church planting organization because we didn't have the same dreams and goals. We didn't didn't have the same vision. Uh, Collective as a church wants to plant more churches and specifically wants to do that in this Northeast area. And the organization we were with didn't have the same passion didn't have the same care for these types of people. And this created a ton of friction between us. Now, in full honesty, I might not have fired them in the best fashion, and that upset a lot of people. Uh, Let me put it like this. I'm a super aggressive person, so I handled it super aggressively. None of you are surprised by that. But the fallout from our breakup led to the organization that we were originally partnered with to shut down our LLC. And we lost tens of thousands of dollars because of this. We had to start over from scratch, all of our fundraising, all of it. And this felt impossible. After we found a new church planning organization that had a similar mission and vision, we came to Frederick and began to look for a location to call Collective Home. And the first 30 places we talked to said no. We even had a real estate agent tell us that Frederick didn't need another church. But then on opening day, 271 people showed up, highs and Lowe's, and it keeps going. In the fall of 2019, we were busting at the seams at West Frederick Middle School, so we started a capital campaign to get into our own space. And our goal was to raise $250,000, and this church crushed it, because that's what this church does, and committed over $330,000. But you all know what happened next. In 2020, COVID shut everything down, and we became a church without a home. And so we started looking for a place that we could lease, and we found this space, and we thought it was perfect, so we began the permitting process only for the owner to back out right before we signed the lease, and we lost $20,000. And that led us to the space we're in right now. This space was not our first choice, but it was either Pegasus Court or having to continue to only do church online, and we did not want to continue to only do church online. And what's crazy is that the original space space that we looked at that we really thought we'd end up, that we thought God was very clearly telling us this is where we needed to be. There wasn't any room for future growth, but we didn't think that was a big deal because we didn't think that we would need it. And the good news is that this space does have future room and we need it, and in six weeks, we're opening up the new Collective Kids space. On top of that, we needed to raise $75,000 to make that happen, and we raised 135. I mean, I had to promise you guys I would get into a dunk tank just to make it happen, but it's going to be worth it because I'm going to stay dry the whole entire time. Last bit of trash talk for now. But it's a story full of highs and lows. We have watched students who have grown up in this church put their faith in Jesus and get baptized, but we've also watched people give faith a last shot and ultimately choose to walk away. We have celebrated life and mourned loss. We've watched people become sober, relapse, and fight to become sober again. We've seen marriages get healed, but that only happened because we've seen marriages hit rock bottom and be on the brink of destruction. We've watched people turn their doubts into trust. We've prayed for people to turn back to their faith, and many have, but many of those prayers still aren't answered yet. We've celebrated 118 baptisms. We've started small groups in breweries. We made it through 52 weeks of online church only. We've collected over 90,000 pounds of food. We partner with Churches in Maryland to pay off $5.5 million in medical debt, and we've seen a whole lot of life change. Our story is not perfect because we are not perfect. Our story is messy because we are messy. Our story has had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, but here's the thing. We have felt God's presence through all of it. When we've been in the valleys, we've been comforted by God, and we've been reassured that we are not alone, and he will get us through that season. When we've been on the peaks, we've been in awe of what God can do through a group of messy, broken people, just like us. We have watched God do incredible things in our lives and in this church and in our community, and we never want to forget that. We never want to forget all of it, every single piece of it, the good and the bad, the highs and the lows, the things that brought joy and the things that brought tears because that is our story. And so today we set up a memorial, a new marker that says this is how far God has brought us. And it hasn't always been smooth, but we are here. And we remember what God has done and we thank him for getting us this far. We remember how he has loved us We remember how he has blessed us. We remember how we've experienced his grace. We remember how he's redeemed so many of the mistakes that we've made or the failures that we've come across, and we keep moving forward into a new season, into a new year, into a new chapter as a church, but also as individuals. And so days like today, we celebrate, but we also take a step back and we ask God for more. We ask God for more growth. We ask God for more grace. We ask God for more life change, and we keep going, trusting God in what he wants to do in this church and in our lives, because we know God can do immeasurably more than what we ask or imagine because he's done it before, and he'll keep doing it. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for what you've done in this church. And God, we are just so grateful for opportunities like today, where we can pause and we can take a step back and look at the whole story, not just the good parts, but the bad parts as well. And God, even through those highs and lows, we can see how far you've brought us. God, we can see how you've been working. We can see how we've grown because of what we've been through. God, we can see how you've redeemed every bad thing that's ever happened and created Collective to be what it is today. And God, we are so thankful for that. God, we never wanna lose sight of that. God, as we move forward in this series and we don't just talk about collective story, but we dig into our own, God, I just pray um, that we see you in it. God, that we see you in the great moments, but God, we also see in the moments that feel lower than anything we've ever felt before. Because God, we know you are there in all of those things. So God, as we dig into this, as we wrestle with our story, as we wrestle with our faith, God, we just pray that you use it to change the world, to change the city, to change our families. Because God, ultimately, our stories point back to you, the good and the bad. God, thank you for all that you do in this church. God, uh, we pray for more. God, you tell us to ask for more, and that's what we're doing. God, we want to see more life change. We want to see more recovery. We want to see more marriage healed. We want to see more students put their faith in you. God, we want it all. And God, we just pray that as we continue to look at that and fight for that, uh, God, as we continue to serve in order to create opportunities for that to happen, God, we feel your presence when it goes well and when it doesn't, um, because that's our story. God, we thank you and love you and pray these things in your name. Amen.